0: Welcome to a show called Let's Talk Homeschool, brought to you by Apology Educational Ministries. This is the show where we talk about everything homeschooling, the who, what, when, where, why, and how. We want to affirm and encourage you in the decision to homeschool, challenge and inspire you to take it to new heights and celebrate everything you get to experience along the way in this adventure of a lifetime. We are your hosts, Davis and Rachel Carmen, And today's show is titled, Doing Family, Part 10 of 12, and specifically, we're going to be looking at bringing newborns home. Oh, man. That is doing family.
1: That is doing family.
0: So uh, just as a reminder, in this series, we have a 12-part series. This is uh, number 10 in the series, so we're nearing the end. Number 11 will be, uh, based on Deuteronomy 6, when you lie down, so bedtime routines. And then number 12 will be a closing wrap-up where we'll kind of summarize things, but Real quick, looking at number one was an intro, number two was Sunday night planning, three was morning routines, looking at that Deuteronomy 6 when you rise up, number four was family worship, number five was obedience training, number six, mealtimes, how to make the most of that, and that's a Deuteronomy 6 when you sit along the, at the table, number seven was family traditions, the ones that happen naturally, the ones that happen uh, intentionally, number eight, activities. This is where Deuteronomy 6, walking along the way, came in. Number nine was doing, quote, projects with your kids. And now today, number 10, doing family when a newborn arrives. So, Rachel, you had uh, seven children. You brought a few (laughs) newborns home.
1: It's true. I mean, sitting here thinking about that glorious period of time, that's just, man. You can't really, no matter how many... Birthing classes you go to, you can't really be prepared for bringing one home.
0: No, it's it's a lot of work. I mean, the first one, you're you have no idea what to expect and what it's going to really be like. How tired you're actually going to be. Yeah. Um. And how, as we often said, how, how this little eight <laughs> pound thing
1: took over our lives. No, it's funny. I'm sitting here thinking even how. The romance of a wedding and getting falling in love and getting in this dress and he's in this tux and you're walking down the aisle and the flowers and the cake and the people and, and then you wake up one morning and you both have bad breath, you know, <laughs> and you got <laughs> piles of laundry and like the realities of life set in. It's kind of the same thing when you bring a baby home, you know, all the romance of getting pregnant or being chosen to adopt and all of the anticipation and the showers and the name choosing and telling everybody and even the maternity clothes, it's fun to look pregnant and to be pregnant and all of that. And you go to the hospital and it's never like you thought it was going to be, no matter how it goes. It's, it's never textbook, right? And so you go through all of that and you process all of that and then you come home and it's just like, wow, what just happened? And it's completely and totally life-changing and I and I think what you and I discovered along the way because the first two you kind of inadvertently do what we're going to propose today and that is you pull back and breathe and step away from a bunch of stuff for Right six and weeks. stare
0: at this newborn child that's part of your family that you are responsible for. Right and
1: you do that with the first couple because that's what you do right but it's with the subsequent ones I think that it's easy to just keep the train going full speed ahead and that's really what we're going to advocate for today not just taking that time with the first one and just staring at them i mean i remember when we brought our first one home i remember just staring at him and just being overwhelmed with just the gift that he was and how god had put him together and believing in the sovereignty of god how he was unique and what were god's plans for him and it was, it was just, it was just inspiring. And then when his brother came home, it was like, what is this going to be like? And
0: we have we a family now with a yeah. the, our kids have a sibling.
1: <laughs> yeah. And, you know, and so on and so on and so on. But I, again, I would say subsequently, it is so important when you bring home each child to literally, you know, pull off on the side of the road and, literally step away from a bunch of stuff. And I guess I'm speaking primarily to the homeschool moms who characteristically homeschool moms think, you know, we've got to keep going no matter what happens, no matter how sick we are, you know, moms don't ever have permission to be sick because you still got to feed your people, right? You still got to do the laundry. And, (laughs) and as a mom, it's often hard for us to take time for ourselves, but postpartum it's, it's a one, two, it's, Mom really needs that rest. She really needs to acknowledge the exhaustion. You know, having had seven children, some of my birth stories were more walk in the park than others. I remember one specifically, we came home and I was like, okay, what's next? I mean, I felt great. The labor and delivery went as textbook as it could. I didn't feel overwhelmingly exhausted and I was just ready for the next thing. And yet, I needed to downshift. We needed to just circle around and enjoy this new person and get to know this new person. Because, you know, when you do that, when you actually, you know, anticipate the birth of the child and do all the nesting with that. And I will say this too, and we don't have to chase the squirrel, but what you said a minute ago is so true. Every time I would think This time, this little person's not going to take over my life. This time, I'm going to be able to shower. I'm not going to be able to – I'm not going to have an excuse for not getting anything done. I'm going to have everything set up such that I can keep moving. And every time, I got broadsided because it is huge.
0: Well, it is. And even if you uh, prepared the other kids to help with lunches or laundry or bringing items in and out of the car – they don't understand quite don't. like you as the parent
1: and there's still what the, needs to be done yeah and and the physical exhaustion is a thing the mental and emotional exhaustion of bringing a new person in and acclimating and assimilating that new little person and just getting to know them because truly I was. Ignorant and naive. I really thought that you and I coming together to have these kids that they would be more similar than they turned out to be. And lo and behold, everybody was right. They're very different. I mean, even as infants. So we had a couple that were perfectly content to be nursed and laid down and I don't want to snuggle. I just just lay me down so I can take a nap. Mm -hmm. And then we had a couple that it was like, please, please, please don't ever lay me down. I just want you to hold me all the time. (laughs) Um, And some were terrified um, in the presence of new people. And some were like, I'm good. See you later. And so they were all different. But especially those first few weeks. And I think we generally, so you can correct me if I'm wrong. I think we generally intentionally took off about six weeks sometimes it was longer depending on when the birthday fell so sometimes if so we have one summer baby and I think we ended up taking off quote and I mean like stepping aside from quote school schoolwork. work right I think it ended up being longer with her just because it was summertime and then a couple fell around the holidays and so that ended up being a little longer but the fact is we intentionally said you know what we're not going to we're not going to plan school for the next, and we're six not
0: going to lose sleep because we are actually doing something important. We are doing right. family, and we're doing it intentionally. And we're
1: showing our kids how to do that. Right. We're showing our kids, you know, we're not just saying kids are a blessing from the Lord. We are actually modeling kids are a blessing from the Lord, and we're just marveling over this new person. I re- so some of my fondest memories when we would bring home a new baby would be. Um, the talks we would have about how much they would sleep. And we would all look at their little toes and their little fingers. And, you know, our first three were just as bald as they can be. But our last four all had a great head of hair. I remember giving all of them a bath and all the kids circling around, giving them a bath. you got to make it a family affair. You do. And I remember um, tummy time on the floor. I remember talking to them, you know, changing diapers and them running little errands and feeling so important because mommy needed another wipe or mommy needed a diaper and, you know, really intentionally including them in the life and taking lots of pictures and showing them how to hold a baby and really just laying that foundation. This is what it looks like to be amazed by a new person and to realize that God sent this person to our family and who might they be.
0: We're going to take a quick break, then return to this conversation. Hang on. This show has been brought to you and is being brought to you by Apologia Educational Ministries. Their mission is to help homeschooling families learn, live, and defend the Christian faith. Apologia is the number one publisher of creation-based science, math, Bible, and worldview curricula for homeschooling families with hundreds of number one awards over the course of more than two decades. Creation-based and award-winning. Now, that's impressive, but more importantly, that's why Apologia is trusted by homeschooling families all across the USA and the world. Go to Apologia.com, a great place to explore creation. Welcome back. So we've been talking about doing family when you bring a newborn home, and uh, as you were just talking about, from a mother's perspective, how it's amazing these little packages of (laughs) life can take over your life, and yet you want to model what doing family looks like to your children mm-hmm. by uh, being intentional and saying okay we're gonna do family as opposed to quote do schoolwork
1: mm-hmm. because
0: we just brought a newborn home
1: yeah
0: well just recently over the Thanksgiving break we did something with our family with a homeschool of a houseful of adults mm-hmm. uh, seven grandkids included and we showed some home, movies oh
1: man yeah now
0: what was fascinating is you just, i was thinking about that as you were talking because the way i picked the home movies to show in this compilation was i started when with some old movies from the 60s and 70s when you were two <laughs> and when i was two and four
1: you were a cute little kid mr Kerman. Oh,
0: you had a great smile too yeah, i'd have dated great. you if we were allowed <laughs> all those years ago <laughs> but uh then when we i immediately went to our seven kids and I started when our oldest was you know, three months, I a, a know. newborn. And then the next uh, you know, clip of seven or nine minutes that I picked was when the second one was born. Yeah. And the oldest one was now two, two and a half. Right. And I did that for each one. So with, with each one being born and you see the other kids grow up. And what was so fun for me in watching these was not just the memories that and sentimentality that it generated in my heart. But when each child was eighteen to twenty-four months, that video not only focused on the newborn that we brought home, but this eighteen to twenty-four month old yeah. who was so cute, and and the video basically centered around them being cute. Yeah. Um. You know, practicing some w- walking, uh, playing with a little ball, being on a little rocking horse, yeah. and just being cute. Maybe a little bit of talking going on, but. Oh, man, when your kid is two years old, there's nothing quite as beautiful as that. And then seeing all the other kids mix and enjoy each other as we're watching either the newborn in that video or the two-year-old. That generally seemed to be the child of focus.
1: And I just want to say, we didn't do flashcards. We didn't do the baby Einstein thing, right? I mean, we were literally... Sitting on the sofa, I remember the kids when we would bring a newborn home. And, of course, I've been up half the night, right? And what we would do is I would sit on the sofa and the kids would just make this massive pile of books. I think we have a couple of pictures of that, of me sitting on the sofa nursing somebody and we're just reading. Oh, yeah. Because that's all we did. We just we would just sit and we would read. And then I would sit maybe on the front porch with the little baby and the kids would just run around outside that's what we did. We didn't we literally didn't try to fudge school and say, "Okay, we're still going to do a math worksheet. We're still going to do a spelling list." We didn't do any of that. We literally did family and we literally let them play and we let them engage with each other and we talked about each other and this is what you do with a baby and this is how you do a schedule with a baby. And it's remarkable There's there's this long list of things we want to teach our kids, but then there's this long list of things that we teach our kids because of what we actually do. Right. And I think that, you know, I think most parents want to be grandparents. And here's the deal. Just like if you want your kids to talk to you when they're teenagers, you better be talking to them when they're two. You better be listening to their questions and engaging with them. Because I've seen so many parents just literally ignore their two-year-old and be just aggravated with their questions. And they're not engaging with them. Look, if you want your teenagers to talk to you, then you better be engaged with your two-year-old. It's the same thing here. If you want grandkids, then engage with your kids. Right. Show your children how valuable. Show them what it looks like to value a brand new human. And, and, and certainly, now I'll try to stay off the sock the soapbox here. If you consider yourself to be pro-life, get this right. Celebrate a new life in your family. Right. Prioritize this time. Again, it's easy to sign a petition. It's easy to write a check. But this is where the rubber meets the road. This is what it looks like to truly value life and bringing it in. And and I'll say, too, you know, we had seven kids of our own. We now have seven grandchildren. And that's still what you and I are to do. That's still what we're charged to do. We have had the privilege to go and spend time with most all of our grandchildren when they've been born, A couple longer than others, I mean, it's not a contest, right? But going and blessing the young parents who are stepping into this by taking the older grandkids or just the baby so they can get a little extra nap or some sleep. That is what you get to do when your kids start having kids. You still get to help prioritize the assimilation of a new person and with awe and wonder and sit there and just stare at them i i think it is invaluable to just sit around and look at the baby and just praise god for the baby and notice their hair and their nose and their ears and whose face do they have and whose lips do they have and and count their toes and snuggle with them and all of those things matter
0: all right and it models for your children how much you want to bond and know and love this little child
1: and holding them, you know, you just mentioned Thanksgiving. And so it was such a pleasure to get to carry around all of the different grandkids over the time. I mean, I made cookies with a couple of them. We read a bunch of books. I mean, I, I'm becoming this, one of my aspirations is to become the family librarian. Now that everything's going digital, I am Dick. I'm devoted to having real books in my home for my grandkids. So I have a whole collection of like fall books and Christmas books and Easter books and a whole lot of just other great titles for my grandkids. And so I think it was the, what would have been Friday morning after Thanksgiving when all the parents are just exhausted right after the big feast day and You and I can't help but get up early, so we're up early. And all the grandkids that were up, we just piled on the sofa and got the stack of books and just started going through it. It I mean, beautiful.
0: It really was beautiful. That's
1: just glorious. And is there something else that I could be doing? There's always something else that I could be doing. Is there a load of laundry that needs to be started or rotated? Is there a dish that needs to be washed or put away? Is there a casserole that needs to be started? You betcha. But at that moment, there's nothing more important than me sitting there with the grandkids and reading through those books. And, you know, we're already anticipating two more in 24, which is so exciting. And I look forward to going and welcoming and just sitting with awe and wonder at the new people that God will send to our family. Because that's really what it's about is, you know, there aren't a whole lot of, Times in life. Unfortunately, in fact, I will say some of the times in life when we are forced to pull back generally means some sort of tragedy or some sort of negative life circumstance. So, for example, when we were unemployed, we kind of had to step back because we were unemployed. And I can imagine if there was, we've had friends with some sort of terminal diagnosis, and that's, boy, that'll slow you down. But my goodness, a new life into your home by means of adoption or you give birth, that is a reason to intentionally step back and slow down and and dial in, yeah, and just enjoy and just revel and reset your focus on the glory of God and the goodness of God and just enjoy that little child because you don't get that time Well, back. I was going
0: to say, you don't get that time back. And just like children grow up quickly in general, we mm-hmm. hear that at 18 years flies by, uh, the first week or two or oh, six man. or seven are so precious. Yeah. And so important to bonding with everybody in the family, the siblings and you, Learning and knowing and falling in love and bonding with this new child, it's part of your family. Uh, That is so important. You don't get that. And that's our admonition, our encouragement to you, is to do family intentionally when you bring that child home. Stop the presses. You'll have plenty of time to, quote, go back to life or the rat race or whatever pace and busyness or whatever your life looks like under quote normal circumstances, as you're going about um, doing your things, you'll get to that. But this is a time to take six precious weeks away and focus on this new child that you brought home.
1: You know, and there's one other thing I don't think we've mentioned. It's really important, so I don't want to. I don't want to leave it out. Another thing that's glorious about taking this time off intentionally when you bring a new little person home. Is you get to retell the stories to the older children oh, right. of when you brought them home. Yeah, that's right. And you can say, I remember when we brought you home and we were living in this house. Maybe it was a different house. And I remember how you would cry or I remember your favorite blanket or I remember. And you get to go through all of those stories because they don't remember.
0: Right. And, and they want to hear they their want story. to
1: hear. And, and you can talk about how you cherish them. You can talk about how you walk the floor with them. You can tell them you know, all of these glorious stories. And so you're building into that fabric of your family truth and history and and it just you can just see your kids it's so some families feel like okay i need to ship off the older kids so i can focus on the baby and i'm like no 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 i get doing that maybe for a break but don't do it for a week they need to be incorporated into this new little person's life they need to they need to be told the stories of when they were little like that and what it was like that was some of my kids' favorite thing. Oh, tell me, the older ones would be, oh, tell me when you, what it was like when you brought me home or where were you living when you brought me home or what did, you, what did I wear when you brought me home? I mean, we would look through photo albums and we would talk about all of their favorite things and who slept and who didn't and how late we stayed up and all of these different things. Again, All of those stories told over and over and over, you want to talk about establishing self esteem with your children, which has been so vogue and I get, I believe, overstated. You know, to digress, I think self esteem is established in the fact that our identity is in Christ and that God made us. So that's foundational. But to build on that truth is to tell your kids who they are in your family and how grateful you are that they're here and look at this new person and you're going to be such great friends. I mean, someday you're going to throw a ball together and maybe you'll go out in the woods and someday you'll be able to show her how to put a ribbon in her hair or someday, you know, you can tell them all of that. And that is what is so beautiful about it. So don't miss it. I get that. It's, it's scary. I mean, I, I remember all too well, the pressures of being a homeschool mom and, and how from, you know, three rooms over my lesson plan book would scream at me, come back, come back, come back. And I would just feel like I was behind and I wasn't getting it done. And we were never going to finish the curriculum for that year. And I'm just saying, just don't, just don't just lean into the new person, dare to take a nap on the sofa while you're nursing that baby, dare to just sit with awe and wonder, retell the stories and read books to your kids and go on a hike with your kids and just enjoy the new life that God has sent to your family.
0: Well, I love this conversation, but uh, we always have to bring all our conversations to a close, so thank you all for listening. We hope you join us again next time. This is Let's Talk Homeschool, brought to you by Apologia Educational Ministries, and we are your hosts, Davis and Rachel Carmen. Have a great day, and until next time, we are walking by faith and enjoying the homeschooling adventure of a lifetime.